Thursday, February 25th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill and back by popular demand. It's Bill Barker. Thanks for being here. Seems unlikely, but I'll let you have that. Thank you. <laughs> if only so we can proceed. Uh, we've got a couple of retailers with earnings. We're going to talk telemedicine, but we're going to start with pizza. Domino's and Papa John's both out with fourth quarter reports and similar stories. Profits for both were lower than expected. Uh, same store sales for both were, you know, up double digits in the range of ten to fifteen percent, and yet shares of both Domino's and Papa John's falling this morning. Domino's down eight percent. Papa John's down thirteen percent. Yeah, they. Uh... You know, like a lot of companies that have had pretty good years or very good years uh, during COVID, and these are two which fall into that category, as they look forward, they don't see growth so much as a lot of, of work to sort of hold on to what they've achieved this year. So that uh, the guidance for comp sales is relatively flat or maybe not even that. So just to hold on to, you know, 10, 12, 13% comp growth, which is what they've basically enjoyed over the year is not, it's not even assured they'll be able to sell as much in the year ahead as they've sold in the year behind. And that's the kind of thing that, you know, this market sees other growth opportunities out there and is, is therefore looking elsewhere today. But Domino's, for as great as Domino's has been as a stock over the past decade, over the past year, it actually hasn't been. It was flat going into today. And, you know, the the 8% drop that we're seeing today is is basically what we're seeing over the past year. So it's that I guess that's the one that surprises me a little bit. You know, Papa John's, for all of the troubles it's had over the last, let's call it five years. 2020 was a good year for the business and for the stock. So I, I can see uh, them giving back some of those gains. I'm a little surprised that Domino's is now down 8%, 9% over the past year. Uh, and, and again, this has got something to do with the growth story, which between 2014 and 2017, every year, Domino's was growing 10 to 12%. A year, uh, and it grew twenty three percent in two thousand eighteen. Slowed down to five percent two thousand nineteen. All right, so the days of double digit growth seem to have been behind it, and then you know this year came around and it got back to that that thirteen percent level total growth, but it seems like a one off, and it seems like uh, given the two to three year forward. Uh, guidance that they've given, which is uh, six to ten percent global retail sales growth, uh, six to eight percent net unit growth. So they're basically saying, "All right, we're going to grow the total units six, seven percent, something like that, and we're really not going to grow comps at all." Maybe so. The the days of and the, the, okay, they can buy back some shares. They can still grow earnings per share in the low double-digit category if they continue to uh, buy back shares at sort of the rate they've been growing. 
but as we say, there, there are just other growth opportunities out there and dominoes as a stock that looks like something that can compound through unit and, and comp growth at double digits uh, has got challenges ahead of itself that it is seeing that are going to last at least two, three years. Based on what you can see from Papa John's, does it look like a business that has turned around? I think that it has buried, I think that events have buried the things that come to mind as being a problem for Papa John's, which were the CEO's comments um, and the CEO himself. And he's gone and the founder is gone. And I think they've managed to uh, extract themselves from some of the legal battles over that and put a different uh, face on the company and survive in a you know post Papa John. How are we going to brand this thing? Uh, world and uh, events have sort of washed all of those concerns away. Like just send me some pizza, okay? Uh, is is the you know the situation that uh, people have been in more than you know or you know how many years back does that trouble go along with the company? How many years that people say, I'm never going to buy from Papa John's again, you know, end up holding true. And, you know, I think that we've seen that they've grown a little bit faster than Domino's. They both basically had the, the similar growth over the last year. And Papa John's is growing a little bit faster internationally. So, they they are a much smaller entity than Domino's and have more growth uh, that they can achieve and you know they're they're doing okay with it. Mixed fourth quarter results for Best Buy. Profits were a little bit higher than expected. Revenue was a little bit lower. Sales growth for Best Buy is falling, and that's what is sending the stock down today. Um, although I will point out that. You know, it's it's a little bit like like Domino's. Uh, the uh, Rich Allison, uh, the CEO of Domino's, on the call was asked a question about their um, their same store sales, and and uh, he said, "Hey, look, this, you know, I'll take eleven. I, I I would love to come on the conference call and and every quarter and talk about how our comps are only up eleven percent. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what he said. And in the case of Best Buy." Same store sales were up twelve and a half percent, and yet that was still lower than expected. Not only that, but uh, again, this is—it's going to be a year of digesting the excellent year that certain companies got to experience over the last year, and the, the Domino's delivery companies, of course, um, grew through through that. Uh, people bought more at Best Buy because they were stuck at home and, and so invested in home electronics or they needed another laptop or multiple laptops. And it's, it's going to be, this was the case, uh, I think we discussed a couple of days ago with Home Depot. We just discussed with uh, Domino's. Uh, Best Buy is explicit. They are giving negative um, 2% to plus 1% comp sales growth guidance for the year ahead. So flat, call it flat. And if they achieve a little bit better than flat, they'll be exceeding guidance. Well, that sounds on its face pretty bad when, you know, they're just lapping uh, 12% growth across, uh, you know, most categories. So it isn't bad. It's, it's a, it's a two year story. Uh, a year from now, people are going to be able to see, you know, 
better how the growth looks uh, going forward. Right now, it looks like Best Buy, like many others, has got to focus more on selling the same amount of stuff in the year ahead and doing it more profitably. And there are ways to do that because a lot of expenses have been taken on during during this crisis in terms of employee health and safety. Uh, so there are, there are ways to improve the margins, but it looks like that's how companies are going to have to uh, increase their earnings per share. The stock is, even with the drop today, shares of Best Buy are up around 30% over the past year. On the surface, it doesn't look like an expensive stock, but it kind of sounds like you're saying, don't expect much out of them, at least in 2021. Well, I'm talking about don't expect much in in terms of top-line growth. I think there's plenty to do just to hold on to this elevated level of sales. The challenges are... You know where where the tailwinds going to come from, and people are going to be choosing. I think we're all thinking about like what are the experiences that we've missed out on in the last twelve months that we're going to spend money on, and not at this point. Hmm, how much bigger of a TV set could I afford to buy? It it seems like getting away from the TV set is taking up more mental space, although not you know. Still, in most of our cases, we're spending too much time in, in front of the TV, but we're thinking about, hey, I'm going to save up my money so that I can go somewhere and do something rather than watch better TV. There are things to like in Teladoc Health's fourth quarter report. Organic revenue is growing nearly 80%. The trajectory of overall revenue is up and to the right, but Teladoc's loss in the fourth quarter was bigger than Wall Street was expecting. And, you know, unlike the stocks we have talked about to this point, this is a stock that's doubled over the past year. And so I'm assuming that's a decent part of why shares are down six, seven percent this morning. Yeah, they basically hit their their um, guidance. They, they pre-announced and basically came in uh, where they had pre-announced the results were going to be. And there are a lot of uh, one-time costs associated with the merger with Livongo in terms mostly of, of stock compensation uh, that are factoring into the reported earnings here. They're still going to grow, uh, I think, revenues because of that merger at around 100%, nearly 100% for the, the coming year. Uh, they've more or less doubled in size by their acquisitions. So they're not pointing toward really that much organic growth. I would say that that sets the bar at a place which they might be able to surpass, but also points to they've got all this uh, merger work to have uh, operate smoothly. They're already serving about a quarter of the U.S. population. Um, so between the, the paid membership and the, the fee membership, um, they're talking about somewhere around 52 to 54 million for the coming year. Uh, most that's domestic. So it's around a quarter of the U S population, uh, gets access to Teladoc right now. And they're really only pointing to sort of low single digit or mid single digit, uh, customer growth. 
you mentioned the one-time charges is does from time to time we will see companies whether it's because they've got an acquisition they're closing or it just ends up being a bad quarter um, companies pull different levers to essentially step back and say okay look this quarter we're about to report it's not going to be great so let's <laughs> things that were not going to be great maybe in the next quarter let's see if we can you know record those now that like does does it look like there's some of that going on when you look at the one time charges or is this just like like now this is part of the the closing of the Levango deal no these are these appear to be true one time charges a lot of uh you know, Livongo uh, stock-based compensation, which accelerated due due to the merger, just the legal fees of of actually executing a merger of this size. Uh, no, this is all one-time stuff. But it 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 does sort of wave you know away from the, let's not look at the bottom line too much because it's kind of not real. There are kind of all these non-cash charges that have to be reported in gap earnings. So let's all look at the the expanding top line and the, the top line is expanding and that is the story and that is uh, what investors are most, most going to be concerned with is how big is telemedicine going to get? Uh, it's gone a long way this year toward getting to where it's ultimately going to be. But I think they'd be more excited today if Teladoc was saying, we still see 10 to 20% customer growth over the next year than pretty, you know, pretty much smaller than that. One programming note, our guest on uh, Motley Fool Money this weekend, Dan Ariely. It's been a couple of years since we had Dan on the show. So I um, got the chance to record an interview with him yesterday. Um, always great talking to him. So check out Motley Fool Money this weekend. It's not all stocks that are falling today because shares of L Brands are hitting a three-year high. Strong fourth quarter results for the parent company of Victoria's Secret and Bath & Body Works, including overall same-store sales up 10%. Um, they didn't give guidance for the full fiscal year, but they did indicate that the current quarter is looking good yeah well it's uh it's been good times to sell candles to people people are buying three-wick candles and uh and lighting them and burning through them and uh, then buying another one and uh bath and body works and they sell other things that uh make you or your home smell good um that's uh, that's where they're getting their sales. Bath and Body Works is the lion's share of the good story here. The Victoria's Secret continues to struggle, uh, and I mean, there's there's some bright spots, maybe beginning to peek out a little bit underneath all the bad news for Victoria's Secret, but you know, not enough to get excited by. Well. It, it... For anyone who's a longtime listener and is thinking to themselves, oh, God, are they going to make jokes about candles? Yeah, of course we are at some point. But but don't let that take away from the fact that within the L Brands business, you've got two companies, and one of them is crushing it, and it's the candle business. Um, Bath & Body Works... Uh, you know, I mentioned the overall same store sales were up 10%. When you break it out by business line, Victoria's Secret had negative 3% same store sales. And by the way, that's an improvement. 
that's a year over year improvement of 7%. So, you know, when you, you know, I, I, I do think that things are genuinely getting better for Victoria's Secret. They're not overwhelmingly great or even all that positive at this point, but they're definitely trending the way you would want them to go. Same store sales for Bath and Body Works in the fourth quarter, 22%. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's serious growth. And, it, uh, and and the question that I've asked you before remains, and not not that um, we need to speculate on this, but you know, the, the longer we see this dichotomy, the longer we see, wow, one of these businesses is dramatically outperforming the other. I think there will continue to be the question of, does this need to be spun off? Do the, do they need to look for? Does L Brands need to look for a buyer for the Victoria's Secret business and just? double down on Bath and Body Works. Yeah, maybe. I'm sure they, they kicked that idea around. Uh, that seems hard to believe if you're looking at their story from four or five years ago that it would have come to this. But Bath and Body Works sells, uh, has, has more sales and they're improving for the full year. Uh, comp sales, uh, stores and direct uh, was up 45%. In, in 2020 for Bath and Body Works. So really expanded uh, online sales. The company has done a much better job uh, making those sales. And Victoria's Secret, the, the, for the full year, stores uh, were off 15% for Victoria's Secret, uh, but stores and um, online up 1%. So online is, is saving that but uh and victoria's secret has closed 200 stores in the last year uh they have 703 stores open as of the end of january that's down from 909 uh, a year ago so they took a big write-off hit last year as part of their earnings report non-cash charge uh on sort of the brand value and and the money they'd already spent opening up a lot of stores they ended up closing um and bath and body works has now got twice as many more than twice as many stores as victoria's secret and even though it's late february uh no moss growing on their uh, the candle section of bath and bath and body works because they they've got their summer candles ready to go prominently featured in the candle section online at bathandbodyworks.com and i gotta say i'm kind of tempted uh, it's just, just these are these are fun. You know, you talk about people wanting to travel, people wanting to get out of the house. Where can I go? That sort of thing. And in thinking about the summer, like, oh, can we can we go somewhere? I'm looking at these three wick candles and thinking, you know what? I might, you know, if we end up getting a beach house somewhere, might have to buy one of these and just take it with me. Yeah, I think that um, normally when we've checked in on their candles, and certainly this is the point where people that like to stop listening because we're heavily into the tangent section of the show might exercise that choice. Yeah, uh, yeah if you look at their candles right now, they're bright colors. They shout out, hey, you can't go to these places yet, but you can get the smells of, of Hawaii or some beach or you know, uh, many of these smells make more sense than the ones that we pick on in the winter where it's, right. you know, mahogany sweaters and, and uh, ideas, you know, crisp morning, you know, now we're getting actual gardenias. And uh, do you want to go after the suntan one? 
Uh, I will in a second, but just uh, uh, again, no, there is no, there is no smell to a suntan, by the right. way. Yeah, but they, they got things like you said, bright colors, um, fun designs, and and candle names like orange pineapple punch, passion fruit and banana flower, coconut sandalwood, and those are great. And then you get down to a candle, suntan. I don't know what that's supposed to smell like. Like that's clearly, clearly who, whoever came up with the, you know, the winter candle um, scent of sweater weather, that person is just like, Oh, I got, I got something. Is it an actual scent? It's like, well, no, it's suntan. Okay. Well, the, the packaging helps you out because there's a prominent uh, octopus design on the suntan candle. So I assume that in the eyes of the good people at bath and body works a suntan smells like an octopus and therefore you should buy a candle to help you out you know with that smell it's not great i mean it, <laughs> it, it really does stick out as as one of the few misses in what is otherwise a you know a great looking lineup of of fun summer candles uh yeah and they've got like a whole Easter section of candles in case uh, that's how you celebrate Easter. Um, so with a marshmallow know. fluff scented candle. Sure. 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 The, they've got one called the perfect spring. Um, again, here we are giving them a lot of free advertisement uh, because uh, they are doing something over there that is working and uh, it, it, it amuses us. And uh, some kind listeners over the years have, have sent in candles um, that we have mocked or celebrated. I can't remember which. Uh, and so we've got to experience a few of the, the weirder titled candles out there, but they all smell great. They do. And it, you know, it's, it's a quality product. And again, this is, this is why, again, same store sales for Bath and Body Works up 45% for an entire year. It's tremendous. Yep. Yep. They are, they are celebrating Victoria's secret to go back to a little bit of business. They've suffered for the last number of years as uh, the competitors have done a better job of marketing what consumers actually want to buy uh, rather than sort of a, a fantasy, which is, I think, what Victoria's Secret very much modeled itself on. Uh, and over the last few years, they've just lost a lot of sales to uh, companies that see an opportunity to sell reality rather than fantasy. And again shares at a three-year high so well done al brands bill barker appreciate you doing double duty this week thanks for being here thanks for having me as always people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about on the motley fool may have formal recommendations for or against so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear that's going to do it for this edition of market foolery the show is mixed by dan boyd i'm chris hill thanks for listening we'll see you on monday 